Okay, everyone. Welcome. Chodesh Tov to all. A good, blessed month. A good Chodesh. Anybody that would like to dedicate today's class. Um, this was initially supposed to be Monday, but it's only happening today on Wednesday morning. Hopefully it will not disappoint. It will have a lot of insight with Hashem's help. Anybody that would like to um, dedicate, yes, pro, um, after the class, still take the big merit of this class. It's available for a dedication. Um, whatever you want to dedicate for, um, I'm dedicating, and maybe you'd like to give the tzedakah part to that dedication. Um, to the safety of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, uh, in which they really need our safety right now during this um, challenging moment. So Hashem should protect all those that are in Eretz Yisrael, all those that are living in Eretz Yisrael, all the soldiers. Hashem should protect every single one from any kind of harm, any kind of injury, and should protect the land of Israel and the structure of Eretz Yisrael and every blade of grass in the Holy Land of Israel. Hashem should cast the fear on all the uh, enemies and all the, all, the, all the troublemakers that make no mistake as much as they try to present themselves with a compassionate cause. It's an absolute war against holiness, against godliness, against truth, and against the ultimate goodness for all of humanity. If you're watching, what we see on is the last, the last bit of klipa, the last bit of remnants of leftover darkness snake elements that are fighting for their survival before they will be removed from the earth forever and with the coming of Mashiach. And as you see this time that the war or this, uh, it is a war kind of, uh, broke out all on the Temple Mount. This is what's basically where we're at right now. Um, we're holding literally, hopefully, moments, if not seconds, before the greatest revelation of all time. A temple will be built on the Temple Mount, the Jewish temple, and from there all of mankind will be enlightened. And uh, the unholy that has been blocking the dwelling of God on that mountaintop um, and the building of the third temple is feeling it and getting antsy and uncomfortable because they know they're going to be evicted very soon. And, um, you know, putting up a, uh, putting up a last stance. But as the verse says, the spirit of impurity is going to be removed from the earth. It's going to be removed from the temple mount. And once the godly presence, the temple is built and the godly presence is going to be restored, and there is going to be joy and happiness for all of mankind, not only for the Jewish people, for all of mankind. So this is a couple of moments before. We've been watching very, very intense events 
in general uh, taking place in the last couple of years, but things have ratcheted up in the last couple of months. We've seen some intense stuff happening last week in Israel in the town of Moron, even though uh, on the mountaintop of Moron, even though it, um, it involved a horrific tragedy of immense or in un, unfathomable pain. And, but, but yet, it's not, you know, as I mentioned last week, one cannot say that it's unrelated to a series of events that seem to be the birth pangs, the final birth pangs and the final labor pains of, of Moshiach. Okay, so all this coming together and then immediately afterwards this big explosion of, of uh, you call terror in Israel and... Uh, which is an, an added to the fact that we're, that Israel is being attacked from the outside, that it's also happening from the inside. So it's an inside-outside kind of an attack. is showing on the desperation of the attackers. That's the idea. So this is all an indication that you say in Yiddish, ot, ot, kumt Mashiach. Within seconds, literally, the ghoul is going to be here. Now today is a very, very, very awesome day. This Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh, um, Sivan is what enters us into Bachodesh Hashlishi. This is the third month. This is what the 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 the, 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 the pasuk, the verse, characterizes this day as Bachodesh Hashlishi, the third month. When the Jews went out of Egypt, Sivan is the third month, and we know that um, the Torah had to be given in the third month. Dafka in the third month, that God was waiting for this third month. Everything in the universe is perfect. Torah was given in the third month because as we discussed so much this year, Torah is the power of number three, the power of unifying opposites, unifying heaven and earth, unifying the spiritual and the physical, unifying the godly and the creation, unifying Hashem and the world, making peace. Three is the number of peace. So on the third month, that's when we arrived at Har Sinai. That's when the, like the Medrash says, the time has come for me to give my Torah. And as we discussed already earlier, that that happened in the third millennium because the Torah belongs to number three. So it happened in the third millennium. And it happened... The Torah we know is given in the merit of Jacob, of Yaakov, who's the third of our forefathers. Avram is kindness, Yitzchak is Gevura, Yaakov is Teferis, which Teferis is MS, truth, which truth is Torah. So Torah is given on the, the merit of Yaakov in the third millennium. And it's given to us on the third month, a Torah, triple Torah, Torah Nevi'im Maksuvim, which is the, the Torah, the, the, the Pentateuch, five books of Moshe, which includes also the prophets and also the writings, Maksuvim, making up the, the sum totality of scripture, three parts given to a triple people, Kohanim, Levi'im, Yisraelim, the Jewish people are number three. It's given to us through Moshe, who's the third member in his family. It's through the tribe of Levi. Moshe is a descendant of Levi. 
Levi's the third one of, of, the, of the tribes. So everything is three. And as we discussed, it becomes so much more relevant this year because this year is 3,333 years since the year 2448, 5781. From 2448 to 5781, you can do the math, it's 3,333 years. So when we come to the day that the Torah highlights is the power of number three, which is the, the first day of the third month, um, this is really the day. Today is really the day of everything. Today exemplifies, expresses, encapsulates within it the entire power of the Torah in the world. So we should hope for big miracles today because what's Moshiach? Moshiach is not some just nice, wonderful thing. Moshiach is a birth of the Torah. The Torah births Moshiach. The Torah's um, um, the, the Torah's uh, effect on the world is that it brings, it produces the messianic period, which is the world the way it's supposed to be, fully connected to God via the Torah, through the Torah. And it will lead us, this redemption is called the third redemption, third major redemption. More specifically, you have different redemptions, but the third major redemption. First one was when we went out of Egypt. Second one was we came out of Babylon, Bavel, Mitzrayim and Bavel. And this one is the Golis Edom. And it's going to bring us to the third base on Migdash. So everything is number three. And now it's on the third month of the, of 3333, of the year 3333. So it's an awesome day. So I'd like to connect it to something in the Parsha, this week's Torah portion, which highlights the number three. And what I'm talking about is the banners. The Jewish people were set up this week in Parshas Bamidbar, which always comes out the week before Shavuos. Really, and sometimes it can also be Nasa, it can be the week the Shabbos before Shavuos, but most of the time it's Parshas Bamidbar, which is this week's Torah portion, which comes out before Shavuos. And um, in Parshas Bamidbar, we have the counting of the Jewish people. But in addition to that, after they're counted, and all the tribes are counted, they're set up in a system of banners, in a system of different groups, the legions of, the, of, the, of, of Israel, in which when they were traveling 40, it was only applicable during the time of our traversing through the desert, through the wilderness for 40 years, and we were carrying the Mishkan. But the Jewish people were set up in a way where there were there's 12 tribes in Israel. So they were set up that they were split into four groups, groups of three tribes to each direction. And every tribe had its own individual banner, and then there was a more general banner, which was the, the banner for each of these four legions. Okay, four, every legion is made up of three tribes. Three tribes on one side, three tribes on the other side, three in the front and three in the back. Right, left, front and back, or north, east, south and west, all four directions, when each one is made up of three. And this constituted what's called the degolim, the, the degel, the banner. So when you think about that, 
that's connected to this year because it's three, 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 three. That, uh, that thought I didn't think of on my own, that thought was given to me by my dear friend Sal Litvak, who was here on Pesach, and he spoke about Jewish unity at our Moshiach Suda, and he mentioned this, and it was like, wow, I was talking about three, 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 and I didn't think of this. So I'd like to speak about this, especially since this emphasizes the idea of Jewish unity, the various different components of the Jewish people all unified together facing the mountain. In that case, in the Midbar, they were facing the Mishkan and wherever they traveled. But initially, on the third day of the third month, the Jewish people surrounded the mountain of Sinai as well. All the Jewish people were surrounding the mountain. And the word Neged is also stated um, when it comes to this week to the Golem, to the um, um, uh, legions, it also says the word neged. They're all standing around the Mishkan. I mean, neged la Mishkan, right? So here's the opposite, the mountain. All Jews are standing. So on the third, on the first day of the of the month of Sivan, which is the third month, that's when there was the first time when we experienced a powerful Jewish unity. As it says that Vayichan, the verse says Vayichan Sham Yisrael, all the Jewish people camped as one person, neged ahar, opposite the mountain. We stood as one. It mentions us in singular, because the Jewish people all became one entity. And we know that when the Jewish people are united, that's it, their enemies fall. There is no power in the world that can stand up against the unity of Israel. So being that today is Rosh Chodesh, and Rosh Chodesh is the day of 3,333 years, and again, number three is the number of unity. And as we can see it in the banners, three tribes, three tribes, three tribes, and three tribes. And in this case, four times three, like this year, that's 3,333 on the first day of the third month, which is Chodesh Kis, Chodesh Sivan. Wow, all these things coming together, powerful Jewish unity, which this unity, as we'll soon see, brings protection to the Jewish people and the ultimate, ultimate triumphant power of, of Israel, the Jewish people. Now today happens to also be the power, power of number three is the power of harmony, synthesis, which is the power of teferes. We know there's three, the six emotional attributes, or seven, if you count also the seventh, which is kingship. The three emotional attribute, the sixth, the, from the first three are the three primary ones, chesed, gevura, teferes, corresponding to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Yaakov is Teferes, which is number three. Today, in the Sphira of the count of Sphira Omer is Teferes Sheba Malchus. It's the Teferes, it's the, it's the beauty of the kingdom. And what's the ultimate kingdom? The implementation of godliness in this world is God's kingship. So the ultimate objective of the Jewish people is to create synthesis in Malchus. Malchus is a world that, that allows for initially for fragmentation because God creates the world through, through kingship. Kingship is the power of speech. Speech is, 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 is already taking the singular energy of God and breaking it down into pieces, into individual aspects. So from Malchus and onward begins the power of yipared, umisham yipared. From there begins fragmentation. From there becomes, you know, different elements, separation, the particularization now the particularization of creation is meant for a purpose because in the many will be expressed the one. 
But initially, that's not what happens. Initially, it becomes separated and disconnected and, we said before, fragment, frag, fragmented and broken. But when we take the Torah, which is the power of teferes, which is the power of unifying the different pieces and even opposites, and we, pl- we apply teferes to malchus, then we have teferes malchus. We have the beauty of the kingship. The beauty of the kingdom is that there are many. There are different types of subjects. There are different types of people. There is the firemen and the policemen and the doctors and the lawyers and the politicians. <laughs> politicians. Even the politicians should get along with each other. And the different, different groups, the working class, and there is the, biz, the, the business class, the, the blue collar and the, the white collar and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the entrepreneurs and the simple people and the, and the, and the day workers and everything. And everybody comes together to create and they're very different ethnic groups, which also make up a kingdom. The Jewish people had different ethnic groups within the different tribes. And the teferis of the Malchus, the beauty of the kingdom, is this harmony and this unity, which is all the power of number three. So we had teferis already six weeks. During Sefirah Saoma, we had teferis. We had teferis of Chesed, we had teferis of Gevura, we had teferis of teferis. But today is when we have teferis of Malchus, the most important part of teferis. Torah coming to the world. And that's why today is the day that God said is the time to give the Torah. And the ultimate teferis and beauty of the Jewish people was expressed in these degolim. So let's take a little bit of a look and try to unlock the inner secret of these degolim and hopefully unlock it spiritually and even that it should manifest physically in the world and that it should bring about its desire effect. And that is the final descent of God into this world and the elimination and the destruction of all the klippah, beginning with the idea that the klippah should be terrified. Hamas should be terrified. Uh, jihad, Islamists, whatever they call themselves, should be terrified. Cast the fear. Now the interesting thing is, in Sefirah Saomer, every day, corresponds to one, every day of the sphera corresponds to one of the one of the um, words of the Pasuk Lam Natseach bin Ginois. Lam Natseach bin Ginois is a psalm. Which psalm is it? I'll tell you in a second. Let me get it. Psalms. Psalm 106. I didn't realize that. Maybe it is. Oh, it's not 106. I knew something was wrong. It's earlier. I did a day day. I'm a teach beneginus. Sixty-seven. That's what it is. Samach vav. Yeah. Psalm sixty-seven. So, Lamatzeich beneginos has forty-nine words in it, and every day of Sfira is connected to a different one of the words of this of this chapter, and the 
in, you know, if you look in the Siddha, you'll see there's a kavana. You're supposed to have intention when you say the Sphira, when you count the Sphira, to have in mind that. So the last verse says, Yuvarchenu Elokim, God should bless us. Viyiru Oisai, they should fear him, kol oretz, all the corners of the world. In the entire world, all of mankind should fear God. So today's, uh, the one that applies for today's, the word viyiru, they should fear. So today we want to evoke a real cast of dread and fear on the enemies of Israel. They should freeze, literally be frozen in their, in their, in their tracks. They shouldn't be able to just become completely immobile because of their terror and fear. They want to cast fear by being terrorists. They should be literally freezing terror. It's associated with Tferesh Abimalchus, the idea of a Yiru to fear. So let's see why that is. And again, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, number, the day of number three, in the year 3333, we're going to be reading and learning about the Degolim of the 33333 that is in the parsha this week. And as we see, I'm going to read to you from the Midrash, you will see that the Golem is something awesome. And we're going to try to understand the panemius of it, the inner element of it, and hopefully by learning it and thinking about it and the, deriving the lessons we need to derive from it, and we're going to activate this to whatever extent we can by learning Torah. So first of all, we ask Hashem's help because we need Hashem's big help over here. Because again, there's a lot of ideas that have been flowing, you know, I've been reading here and there, but I have to, it has to come together. So hopefully it will. Okay. So let's see what the Medrash is. The Medrash states that the Degolim is something very, 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 very special. Very special. This is the Midrash Rabbah in this week. Bamidbar Parsha Beis and then Ois Beis or Sif Beis. The Medrash says, when it says Ish al Digloi, the verse says that every person should camp and Hashem is going to put the Jewish people Ish, every person al Diglo by his banner. So the Medrash associates this Ish al Digloi with a Pasuk in Tehillim which everybody's been saying the last couple of days, because whenever the Jewish people find themselves in trouble, especially from enemies, and we have no lack of enemies, we say Psalm number 20. And Psalm number 20, Lama Tzeach, David, for the conductor, a song for David, Yan Hashem B'Yom God should answer us in the day of trouble. So the Medrash says, on the word Yishal Digloi, there's a pasuk that says, no, we will sing the Yeshua Secha in your salvation. So you read Psalms, you realize that, you know, <laughs> we will need salvation. The Jewish people have no strangers to trouble and to challenges. You know, these things happen. We don't want them to happen. But we know it's been kind of our destiny to shake up the world a little bit. And the shaking up the world is going to bring about... Uh, some people that won't like it. So in any case, it says, we will sing, be Yeshua Secha in your salvation. In the name of our God, Nidgo, we will banner. We will lift our banner, and that'll be in the name of God. The Jewish people said to God, we are singing in your salvation. What you have done for us with your name. 
we will sing. And referring to where is the Yeshua, when did God do for us a Yeshua, Yeshua's salvation? The great salvation came when we stood by the sea and the Egyptians were coming, pursuing us. The Jewish people, God saved the Jewish people from Israel. Now, by the way, then they were showing, same idea, they were sending projectiles. They were shooting, that's what it says, they were shooting. The Egyptians had a sophisticated, back then, they had a sophisticated way of, of, lobby, of, of lobbying uh, um, um, cannons, uh, stones, uh, big, big, and they were arrows and so on and so forth. And Hashem protected the Jewish people, like the, the Iron Dome, which is, by the way, a miracle on its own. Uh, it's, it's sad to hear one, you know, the, the few that are getting through, God forbid. But Hashem, again, should continue His protection. It says over there, Vayoisha, Vayoisha Hashem is implying that God Himself, that's as if God Himself was saved. We're saved and He's saved because God inserts Himself into Israel. So when there's an attack against Israel, it's an attack against Hashem, it's an attack against God. So Hashem is saved together with the Jewish people. But the main point over here is, Uvishem Elokeinu, and the name of our God, Nidgoel, we will find, we will banner. We put his name in our name. And he made us banners. So when God makes us and sets us up in banners, that is a way in which he inserts his name into our name. So first of all, I saw in one of the, in one of the books, I forgot already who I saw this from, Maybe the Sfas Emes. I'm not sure. It says, um, when Hashem sets them up in the banners, it says, Ba'osos, that how did they set up in their banner? Ba'osos lebeis avosa, with signs to their fathers, to the house of their fathers. So what does it mean, Ba'osos, with signs? Rashi says that every, every banner had its own image on it. You know, that four images, and these were signs. And Rashi also says that it was also signs because Yaakov Avinu, their grand, how they know Moshe, Moshe says to God when God told him to set up the banners, Moshe says to God, you're making trouble. Now you're causing me trouble because I'm going to try to set the Jews up with a system that you have to be on this side and you have to be on that side. And we know the nature of Jews. Every, every time you tell them something, they want to do the opposite, right? So they will question. And they're going to they're gonna say, if I put them here, I put them there. The, the, the ones who are put to the south, they're going to say, we like it better on the north. The ones on the north, they're going to say, we want to be on the south. No one's going to be happy where you're putting them. Everybody's going to think the grass is greener on the other side. So um, God says to Moshe, don't be afraid. Your, their grandfather, Yaakov, took care of it. He set them up already when they carried Jacob, when they carried Yaakov um, to, to the land of Israel um, from Egypt after he passed away to the degree that Yaakov passed away, because we know Yaakov didn't really pass away, whatever it was, um, Yaakov set his sons up to carry his bed, his coffin, and the way he told them, three on this side, three on this side, three in the front, and three in the back. And he set them up exactly like they were going to be set up. That's the oisais, that's the signs. That's what Rashi says. But as a, another meaning in the word oisais, ois means a sign, also means from the letters. The the, the four groups of, of the tribes of Israel are the four letters of God's name. Yud, Ke, Vav, Ke. So each one, and that's what it means, and the, God, the name of God, Nidgal. 
we will find our Degel. And here's another very beautiful thought. Rabbeinu Bachaya. Rabbeinu Bachaya. Okay, one of the great um, commentators, one of the early commentators were shown him on the Chumash, but he uses a lot of mystical ideas. So Rabbeinu Bachaya says that um, if you take a look, you see that in each group, there was one tribe from each of these four groups. Okay? And there's three, 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 and three. One of them has the name Kale, when I say the tribe, not the tribe, not the Shevet, but the Nasi, the leader of the tribe of one of each four sides has the name Kale inside of it. Which are the four? I'll tell you. Let's take a look at Rebbeinu Bachaya. Really nice. Oh, in Degel Yehuda, it's not Yehuda himself, it's in Degel, the one who stands to the east. His name is Nesanel. That's the, 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 the head of the, the Nasi of Yisachar. His name is Nesanel. So he's got Ale in the end of his name. On, the, on Ruvain's side, the second one, uh, and he's the one to the, to the south, his name is Shlumiel. He was the, tr- the, the Nasi of Shimon. But again, his name, Kale, which is God's name, and the end of his name. On the west side, on Ephraim, you have Gamliel, Gamliel ben Pedotzor. See, he's Gamliel. And that's to the west. Within the group that's on the west, the one that's to the west of the west. And the one that's to the north, in Don, his name is Pagiel. I think he's from Shevet God. Not God, God is another one, um, maybe Asher. Or maybe he's from Dun, I'm not sure. In any case, from the four tribes, you have one in each one who ends with Kale. And it was split exactly that way. The other Nazis, you don't have any other one ending with Kale. And that's Hashem inserting his name. Now, watch this, Rabbeinu Bechaya says. <laughs> this not, doesn't end with this. Talk about God's name inserted. He says these four tribes, or leaders of tribes, the princes of the tribes, that end with Kale, the day that they offered on the inauguration of the, of the Mishkan, the Nesim, the heads of the tribes, offered every day um, a offering, special gift. These are 12 days of the, of the, of the Nesim in the beginning of the month of Nisan. So he says, well, let's take a look which days they offered. Well, Nisan El from Yisachar, he was day number two. Um, yeah, Nisan El is day number two. Um, day number five is Shimon, and his name is Shlumiel. Day number eight is Gamliel, that's from Shevet Menashe. And day number 11 is Usher, is Pagiel. Yeah, it was, it was, I was right, it was Usher, it's Pagiel. So he says, so let's count which days are the days that the Kale ones, the ones that have God's name in the Nasi. Day number two. And 
number two, number five, number eight, and number 11. So let's add these numbers together. Two and five is seven. Seven and eight is 15. 15 and 11, 26. So you see God's name, we all know Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, is Gematria 26. The day that And if these, people, if, if these heads of tribes offered on these days, there's a sign that they're connected to the day. It's number two, number five, number, six, number eight, and number 11, which all together make up Hashem's name. So this is the idea that Medrash is saying, could be, again, I'm connecting it, to the idea that God put his name into the Jewish people through the Degolim. Now, we'll soon see in one of the commentators, I'm going to get to that in a minute, in chapter 20, when it speaks this verse that it says over here, and we will sing in your, in your salvation, and in the name of God we will, we will, we will banner, we will raise our banner, that verse is speaking about how when the Jewish people are faced with an adversary, with an enemy that's shooting rockets or who knows what against them, they have nothing to fear. We say, Ela barechev, because they're coming with tanks, Ela basusim, and these are coming with horses. We're mentioning the name of God. They will fall. We're standing. It's all continued in that verse where it's speaking about which means that this, that God's name dwells amongst the Jewish people in the Degolim, in the way we were set up in the, in, the, in the Midbar, that brings the divine presence into the Jewish people and that causes their enemies to fall. And then the Medrash continues. Oh. So again, because this is, this is a very important idea. The concept of the, the Golem, as we're going to flesh out of all of this, the concept of these banners of the Jewish people set up in the 3333 represents two ideas. Idea number one, it represents harmony and unity, a powerful integration and inter interwovenness, as we're soon going to see, in, 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 the, in the tribes and in Israel, which, by the way, create that synchronization in the rest of the world as well. And that's why, as again, these numbers are 3, 3, 3, and 3, because that's the number of this unity and this oneness. But as a result of that, the, the highest level of dwelling of the divine dwells. Because where there is unity, that's where God's, who's perfect but utter perfection, dwells when all the, when things, when the multifaceted and multidimensional, um, otherwise fragmented, separated element, uh, a creation comes together and each thing fills its role and its purpose in a perfect harmony, in a perfect synthesis, it causes the higher dwelling of God in the, in the world. And that higher dwelling of Hashem in the world, obviously, 
destroys the klipa completely. The unholy becomes, falls apart, and we have the divine dwell, which the ultimate of that is going to be when Mashiach comes. So that's why I'm so excited about this idea today and to teach about this now. So the Medrash says, God showed incredible affection to the Jewish people, that he made them into these banners. And when he made them in these banners, they're like the angels above. Kamalachi Ashari is like the angels above. And this Kadeshi Unikaram, which should be recognized. And the Medrash continues, how do you know this is an expression of love? So he brings a, ver- a verse in Shir Hashirim. In other words, this, the, 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 the fact that the Jewish people were set up in these degolim, in these, in these, in these, in this manner of these banners is an unbelievable show of display of godly love to Israel. Now on one hand we saw because because he's investing himself within Israel through the four letters of his name, through the 26, through the four kales that we spoke about, the 26 that equals 26. It's God's dwelling into the Jewish people. Now we're going to soon see it's like a reflection of the Merkava, of the chariot, where God dwells over the chariot of the angels, also with four beasts on each side, and each one is divided in three. So it's the lower worlds becoming actually synchronized with the upper realms above and implementing that synchronization then into the world as well. How do you know it's great love, the Medrash says? Because it brings a verse in Shir Hashirim, in Song of Songs, Hashem brought us to the house of wine, and his banner is upon me with love. So the Medrash says, now there's a long Medrash, I'm not going to read it all. But one of the interpretations the Medrash brings to this idea, again, you have another verse that speaks about diglo, diglo means his banner, a lie upon me, ava, is coming from love. The Medrash associates this with the idea that, what does it mean I brought me to the house of wine? The house of wine is Sinai, Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, like Shavuot's time, now, this time of the year. Because this time is because, because the Torah is called wine. It's got all the flavor, it's got all the taste, it's got all the divine taste. And it's the secret, like wine brings out the secret, and so on and so forth. So Sinai, Sinai is called, the, it's called God's bringing the Jewish people into his wine cellar. That's Sinai. And what happens over there, over there at Sinai is where we became, God set up the Jewish people as banners, in, in this manner of banners. That's what the, it says over here, he continues... Uh, then the Medrash continues. Dovar Achar, another Pirish. Again, Beisayayin is Sinai. I'm sorry, it says it over here. That the Torah is compared to wine. But what happened? So this is in this verse, it's actually telling us a little bit the history behind the these banners. What brought about to the state of the banners? So the Medrash says, At the time when God descended on Har Sinai, Yardu Imai, it descended with him, Chav Beiz Revavai Shalmalachim, 22 times 10,000 chariots of angels. Either it means 22, 22, 22 times 10,000. So what is that? 220,000? Angels, and according to one of the interpretations, it's not 22,000, 220,000 angels. It's 
It's chariots of angels. I mean, in other words, God came down at Sinai. He came down with a whole display of angels. And when the Jewish people beheld the angelic scene, they, God opened their eyes then. They saw, they saw the heavens above. Heavens were exposed. And they saw how the angels were set up in a manner of banners. They had flags. They were armies. They were legions. Shenemar Dugel Meirvava. Revava means the 10,000 angels. Dugel were all with banners. Kivan Shadow Oisen Yisrael, when Israel saw this, Shemasuyim de Golem de Golem that set up with their banners, Hishilum Misavim, they started to long for it. They wanted to, they wanted to be set up in the same way. Lidigolim. Omar Halavai, it was such an impressive sight that Israel, the Jewish people, said, Oh, we wish we can be like that. If only we can be made, set up in these banners like them. That's why it says, He brought me to the house of wine. That's Sinai. Where the Torah has been given over there, though, as we said before, it's the wine cellar of God. God gave us to drink from his wines. And the, the banners were upon me. And that created love. What does that mean? Omru. Ilulu humad ava. If only God can, can set us up in the same way that he set up the angels above. So God says to them, What did you want? The golem? You want to be set up in this bannered way? God says, I swear. I make an oath. I fulfill your request. And that's why it also says in that same verse where it says, in the, in the name of God, we will be bannered. It says, God will fill all of your requests. God notified it to Israel, make them banners, as, as they desired. So the Midrash is saying something awesome about these banners. We wanted it, we desired. Yamal Hashem kol secha. God should fulfill whatever your heart's desire is. That was our heart desire. And we became these bannered legions. And again, reflecting the bannered legions of above, of the angelic legions above. What does all this mean? Why is it so important? That it's nice? So the angels are in, in this, with these banners, and we too had these banners. But again, as I mentioned, I think it's, today is the day. Today is the day, because this is the whole power of these banners, is the power of number three, as we're soon going to see. Now, um, then the Medrash continues. I'm not going to read the Medrash inside, but the Medrash says that the nations in the world come to Israel and come to the Jewish people, and um, they try to seduce Israel and say, you know, come join us. We'll, we'll appoint you this, that, that, you know, become assimilated into the, into the rest of, of, of the world. Why? And they say, we will appoint you as, we'll give you very high positions in government. We will make you big ministers and so on and so forth. The response of Israel to the nations, this is what it says. Can you, what can you offer me? With all the great things you want to offer me, can you offer me what God offered me? Can you offer me and what Hashem did for us, and he, he bannered us. 
he set us up with these banners. So again, there's another emphasis over here. This is the response of Israel to the nations. So what does this mean? So before we get into the mystical side of things, the Kliyakar, who is a great commentator on Chumash, um, explains, Ampasa Gimel, no, not Ampasa Gimel, over here, Matsinu Bekama Midrashim, we find in many Midrashim, Hamagdilim Mo'id Inyanadigalim. Some of the Midrash make the concept of, the, of these banners into something a very big deal. Vidar Shwale and Pasuk, and they expound on this the verse, Uvishem Elokeinu Nidgoil, in the name of God we will be bannered. Shebishas Matan Toyre Ro Yisrolas Hamalachim, the Jewish people saw the, the angels, the Golim, the Golim. Venis Avoli is the Golim Kamoisam, and the Jewish people wanted to be Degels like them. Right? That's the first thing, the concept that we read in the Medrash now, that the Jews were yearning to be, to be set up with these banners like the angels. And then on another verse, another verse, Darshu, that the Jewish people, that the nations were seeing the quality and the great of, of Israel. They were wondering, and they said to the Jewish people, you know, why don't you join us? And, 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 the, and the answer is, What can you give us? Can you give us something that can replace our banners? Like our God gave us, Degel Machne Yehuda Mizrahi. He brings again, this is the Midrash. And he asks the question, and every masculine, every wise man has got to wonder, why are we making such a commotion? What's this whole thing? Why is this so precious? The Yisrael and Israel, they wanted it so much. In other words, the Jewish people wanted it. When the nations see this, they're also like calling us to join them. And then there is a... So the simple explanation is he emphasizes two aspects over here. The two ideas that I mentioned before. Number one, through the banners, it indicates that the dwelling, that the Shekhinah dwells amongst the Jewish people. That's why we're all surrounding the Shekhinah. And it, this causes, it casts a dread and a fear upon the nations. Because when, you know, when the divine presence is amongst Israel, then, they're, then there's, they're undefeatable and unbeatable, and therefore it doesn't pay the mess. Um... The, the, the desire of Israel was to show the nations. In other words, even though you know, a nation amongst nations in this world, and the Jewish people need, knew that what? That their task is going to be immense and very challenging and many times extremely dangerous. Because when you go in to try to, 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 to do a repair in the world, which means basically to diminish the ego and to and to increase the, the divine, you're going to get a lot of very unhappy campers. And, and, and you're going to be persecuted. And that's been the story of Israel. We've been persecuted. While we were doing the ultimate tikkun, while we were doing the ultimate correction and rectification, and bringing godliness into all four corners of the earth, across the entire world and the entire globe, we're being persecuted during that time. Why? Because when again, when you bring, like Hitler says, 
Shemayim's name be blotted out. That that the Jewish people brought a, brought a conscience to the world. When 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 you bring a, a godly awareness, that, that that means that a person is not an animal. You can't do whatever you want. There's accountability, and people don't like that. So in order for the Jewish, so Israel is the reason they wanted the banners was because by having this, they're actually it's in display to the eyes of the entire world that Israel is not acting on on their own behalf. It's not we're not doing our thing. We're doing God's thing, and when you're doing God's thing, you know whether you like it or not, you got to respect it because it's God's world, and we're all creations of God. And when God wants something, He's going to win anyway. So you can't fight Him. So the request for the banners was a manner in which we can show the entire world the, 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 the continuous presence of God amongst the Jewish people. As it says in the verse, that the name of God is called upon them, they'll fear them. This will uplift Israel and the victory, and the reason that again it's the display to all four directions, because in all four directions the banners are dwelling. Since they are surrounded in all four sides, and the shechina, the divine presence, and the ark, because inside you had the tabernacle, the mishkan, and over there you had the ark of the covenant, and amongst it and. In the Ark of the Covenant is the dwelling of the Shekhinah. And as you can see, the cloud of God resting over there. And the Jewish people surrounding it. Because everybody sees that they're going with the divine presence amongst them. And what's the sign? Well, the sign is, we know that this is going to be in the future. The sages tell us, tractate Mesechtas Tainas, that in the future God is going to make for the righteous a dance and God's glory will be in the middle. I will walk amongst you. It says, Hashem will sit in the middle and all the righteous will dance around God and they'll all be pointing and say, this is God we've been waiting for. The idea that God is in the center and there is a, a, a circle around. Same circled was, okay, and this is also a sign of victory. Because as we said before, you know, when God is dwelling amongst Israel, there is nothing to fear. That's why the angels as well, who are set up also in the banner around the divine presence, around the Shekhinah, that's why their fear, they cast a dread and a fear on everybody. And this brings us to another verse, again, which is pivotal to the, today's discussion. It's a pasuk in Shir Hashirim, again in the Song of Songs, where King Solomon is singing the praise of Israel, of the Jewish people, and the relationship and the romance that there is between God and, the Jew, and Israel. So there it says, Yafa'at kesirza. God says about the Jewish people, you are as beautiful, ketirza like tirza. Nava, I think the words are. Mm. 
Navaki Yerushalayim, as they translate in the English, because uh, I guess they have to differentiate between beautiful and Yafa. Yafa is um, as comely as Tirzah. Nava, beautiful like Jerusalem. Ayuma, awesome. Kanigdolois, like the bannered legions. What does the verse mean? So the Midrash says, gives an explanation on what means beautiful like Tirzah. I'm not going to go into it right now. Nava Yerushalayim, as beautiful as Jerusalem, is referring to your reflecting the angels above. Angels are called Jerusalem because their fear of God. Yerushalayim comes from two words. Yerei Shalem, complete fear. They fear God perfectly and also because they are perfect. Shalem means perfection. Angels are perfect. And then and, and then Ayuma, casting a fear. When you say awesome, I don't mean over here awesome, California awesome. I mean awe-striking, like the legions. How are you kanigdolos like the bannered legions? B'digolim shenasati lechem, in the banners that I've given you. which is what brings that little piece that I was looking for. Because of the divine presence amongst the Jewish people, as reflected by the banners, they cast a fear on all around them. And that's going back to what I said about today, Teferah Shebamalchus. The sphere is Viyiru um, Oisai. They will fear him. The word Viyiru that applies today is the word fear. Because when the divine presence is in Israel, there is fear on all of its enemies. The, and the, 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 this, is, this objective is accomplished with the Degalim, with these banners. Their fear will be on all the nations. Just like the angels, everybody fears them. Okay, this is the general idea that he explains. So um, let's understand this a little better. What is the unique divine presence that's dwelling in Israel as a result of these banners? I want to get to the Hasidus of this, the deeper mystical explanation, the inner soul of this all. So briefly, I will say as follows. This is very Moshiachtic. This is very, very <laughs> pertinent to the moment. And that is that, um, as we spoke before, the Torah comes to make harmony in the world. The Torah is the power of number three. The power of number three is the power to unify the different parties, the different segments. The world is created in a manner that there is four directions. And each one, ha each one is a phenomenon. It's not just a physical art and space. Each one is an energy. And the energy of north is the opposite of the energy of south. The energy of, 
of, of, of, of East is the opposite of the energy of the West. And really, they shouldn't have any connection with each other. Each one should just float off in its own, if not for the singular God that creates it all. So in order to create harmony, you have to, you have to reveal the singular oneness, but a oneness that doesn't undo the multifaceted and multicolored and multidimensional element of creation, but one that embraces it all and brings it all together. That's the power of number three. That's the power of the, of the Torah. That's the power of Olam HaTikun, the world of Tikkun, which also started with clashes. When God emanates various different divine attributes, which is called in the world of Toh, the world of chaos, initially it's described that God created the world and he destroyed them. That concept is the concept of Toh. It's the concept of shattered vessels. It's the concept of a broken existence. The world that we know in Mashiach. It's a broken world. A world of animosity, of hatred, of war, of strife. Because the different pieces don't see itself as part of a greater whole. The Torah comes to the world to reveal, as we discussed in the previous class or two weeks ago, to reveal the Aleph, to reveal the singular oneness in all of creation. That's the power of the Torah. It's the power of one and the power of three. Three comes to implement, so what's really three? Three comes to implement one in two. One, there is one, there's only one. There's no one to fight with, there's only one. That's pre-creation, there is one. Pre-existence, only God. Creation is number two. There's already plural, there is many. Three comes to fix the plural and to reveal the same God is the, si is the God of A and the God of B. And it brings it all together in C where it's all, it's, all, it's all unified. That's the power of number three. Now mystically, this power of, of tikkun is called the power of ma. Because in order for different factions to harmonize and unify and live together with each other, they can only do that if they're humbled. In other words, when, there, when, when, when any given entity senses its purpose, not itself, when you sense yourself, then it starts becoming all about you. But when you sense not who you are, but about what you are, what am I about? What is my, what, why am I here for? So you're sensing, and that causes a humility and a, and a, and a, and a surrender. That brings the, the harmony. Harmony can only come with humility. Kabbalistic terminology, it's associated with God's name of 45. Shame ma. The shame of 45. Why? Because the word ma for, spells the word ma. Ma means what? It's this state of bittel. State of recognizing source. Conscious of source, not conscious of self. The creation being overwhelmed by the consciousness of the creative power that's creating it, therefore silencing its ego. And when it silences its ego, neutralizing the ego, neutralizing that klipa, which is all, all about a disconnect from the creative power, where the cre resultant consequential creation suddenly inflates itself and doesn't sense its pre-existence. That's the, that's the element of a world that, that is that is messed up, is when the plan 
and the design and the ultimate perfection of the designer is not felt in the design. So the design, the, 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 the pieces of each piece of it calls for its own, you know, for its own kingdom, for its own empire. And obviously there becomes many kingdoms. That's idolatry and idols and gods and everything starts clashing with each other. And that's when it's lacking ma, the power of bitl. So it's the koach, the power of Torah. Now the Torah is, the, is chachma, it's God's wisdom. Chachma is koach, made up of two words, koach ma, the power of ma, the power of self-nullification, an overwhelming sense of source which cancels the ego of the, doesn't cancel the existence, it cancels the ego. And when there is no ego, there is harmony. And that's the entire purpose of the giving of the Torah. Now the name of, so the name of 45, the name of Ma, which is the power of Torah, is associated with one of God's names, Yud Again, I'm, I'm mixing Hasidus over here with some Kabbalah, Kabbalistic ideas, because you'll see how this amazingly brings us to the awesome time that we're in right now. Because the Koyach Ma, the power of 45, If you look at God's name, Yud Kevavke, the four letter unpronounceable name of Hashem, the Tetragrammaton, it's 26, like we discussed earlier, if you the numeric value of the letters. But when you dig deeper into the letters and you find the hidden energy that's flowing in the letters, so you're looking for the mystical letters, the hidden letters, the unpronounced letters. So Yud Kevavke could could equal various different amounts. One of the amounts it could equal is 45. How do you get to 45? I said this so many times, but I feel that just in case someone is listening to the class and didn't listen to other classes, so you'll understand that as follows. In a Yud, the letter Yud is also two hidden letters, a Vav and a Dalit, because when you say the word Yud, there's a D. How does the Yud, Y is Y. How do you get the D? Because the word Yud, so when you count that, you have a Yud is 10, and the Vav and the Dalit is another 6 and 4, makes it 20. So Yud is 20. Hey. So we're going to... The Hey could be filled either with an Aleph. It can be filled with a Hey, or it can be filled with a Yud. An hour, in order to get the 45, you fill the Hey with an Aleph called Miloy Alfin, filling it with olives. So the hay, if you fill it with an olive, hay and olive is six. So we had 20, and now we're adding from the yud, and another six from the hay, hay and olive, got 26. Vav, vav, olive, vav. And you fill the vav also with an olive. It's not always, in God's name, you don't always fill it. There's a certain possibility where the vav is filled with a yud, or the Vav is not even filled at all, it's just Vav Vav. But in this particular name, the Vav is filled with an Aleph. So Vav, Aleph, Vav is 13. Two Vavs are 12, plus the Aleph is 13. 26 plus 13 is 39. Then you have one more He in the end of God's name. He and Aleph is 6. 39 plus 6, 45. Now what did you fill the Yudke Vavke with Alephs? Now, now you'll see the power of number 3 together with the power of number 1. What did we see is the power of 45? It's the power of God's unity, revealing God's unity. That's why it's Aleph. Aleph represents the singular oneness of God 
permeating existence, permeating the world. It's Aleph. But how many Alephs are there in the Yud Kevavke to get to 45? The Yud doesn't have an Aleph. The Hey, the Vav, and the Hey have an Aleph. Three Alephs. So you see the Miloy Alfin to get the, the power of 45 of Ma. Now it's possible. Let me just explain one, one point. It's just occurring to me right now. It, again, this is my own thought. I didn't see it anywhere. Possible. The reason why the Yud doesn't have an Aleph is because the Yud is Chachma itself. Yud K Vav K is Chachma. Yud is Chachma. He is Bina. Vav is six emotions. And He is Malchus. Chachma is Koyachma. The entire Yud is just a point. It's already, it doesn't need the Aleph in a sense to infuse it with Bittel. It is Bittel. The whole idea of Chachma is Bittel. Now, Chachma has to take its power of Bittel and take that Aleph of Chachma, and that's why Chachma is actually called Aleph. Aleph Chachma. I will teach you Chachma. The Aleph is in Chachma. And that Aleph of Chachma needs to permeate into the place where there is already beginning of beingness. Chachma is the total, total nullification, total uh, identitylessness, identityless in front of God. Chachma is the power of complete. Um, Complete transparency, no beingness at all. Bina is already the beginning of beingness, and the six and emotion, because Bina is already understanding, and there's already a somebody that understands. There's a sense of self in it, and there's a little ego, and in the, the emotions, there's even more ego. I feel, and in speech and in expression, there's even more ego, which is hey, which is malchus. To bring them, permeate them all with the flow of the orange self, of the infinite, of the aleph. So it's three alephs. And that's what number three is. Number three is not one. Three is taking oneness and implementing it into the many, making peace in the many. So it's interesting that, and, and then you get 45. So the phenomenal thing is that today is the first day of the third month. Third month, and again, this year, the power of number three, 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 that the Torah has been given in the world, which Torah is number three, which Torah is Chachma, Koachma. And today is, believe it or not, the 45th day of the Sphere, Asa Omer, the power of Ma, 45. Today is the 40, the, always, Rosh Chodesh even is always the 45th day, because it's the power of 45. What's the power of 45? God is felt in the creation. And that name of God, the name of 45, is what dwells amongst the Jewish people when they're set up in a system of three, 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 and three. When we're set up in the threes, which the power of three is the power of harmony, the power of unity, the power of fusion of the various different tribes. Each one is a different energy, yet they can become together. What does a degel mean? A degel means a banner. What's a banner? A banner is what unifies everybody to the banner. It turns you, you know, put up an American flag. What's the idea? It's what speaks to all of us. At least it once did. Speaking to everybody, you're excited about the American flag because you identify. It's where we're all together. You might be so different than me. I might have a whole different life than you, philosophy. I might even have a different religion than you, a different belief system than you, a different everything. But what, what, what brings us together? We all stand and we pledge allegiance to the American flag. So the flag is what unifies a nation, brings it all together. The fact that the Jewish people had these four flags, it's the harmony, the unity of, and they were again, they were three tribes, three tribes, three tribes. It's this unity that allows for Shema 45 to reveal itself. Going, let's go back a minute to the tragedy that happened two weeks ago 
on the day of third, not two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, on the day of 33, Lag Omer, tragically, 45 beautiful souls perished, but 45, and I mentioned, and here it's 33 on the day of 33. You see the connection, because the power of number three is the power of 45. Again, I don't know why people had to die. I can't explain that. And I'm not going to try to explain that. But there was something very mystical happening over here. With the power of 45, the power of Chachma, the power of... So there is a, an amazing mimer discourse from the Rebbe Rashab, the 5th Chabad Rebbe in Sefer Ateres. I was planning to go through it more in detail, but I'm not because I don't want to make this a long class. You can learn the discourse. He explains the concept of the... Now, the root of it is in the Tzemach Tzedek in Ur HaTorah. That seemed to be the root of it. And then he makes a whole long mimer. I looked around to find other mimerim on the Degolim. There is Biure Azair of the Alter Rebbe, but that doesn't go so much into the power of three. At least I didn't read through it, so I don't know, but it seemed more like the details of the angels and so on and so forth. But this mimer focuses on this idea. And just briefly explains this whole concept that... The, 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 the concept of the Degolim, the concept of the, is an upgrade in the tribes. In other words, there is the holiness of the Jewish tribes. They're holy. The reason why we longed for the Degel, we wanted so much to be part of this banner system, is because the spiritual dynamics of the tribes of Israel, and as a result of that, their impact on the entire world, Let's understand something. Israel is the soul of creation. The creation is a big body and Israel is its soul. And, and therefore the way the Jewish people are imp impacted and the increased godliness of Israel has ripples effects on the entire world. When Israel is blessed, the world is blessed. And that's why the idiots that are out there who anti-Semites or whatever, who are taking the wrong side, right? And, and so to speak, presenting it as compassion is, 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 is first of all, it's just ill-informed. It's just, Israel didn't do anything to provoke this. This is just pure hatred and anti-Semitism. There's nothing that, that caused this provocation. The reason this was provoked possibly is just because America is becoming a very weak and not strong, and, 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 and the troublemakers know it. So they flex their muscles. Especially when you tell them suddenly that you're going to give them millions of dollars to support the terrorist organization. Of course this is what's going to get, what it's going to cause. But when the Jewish people are strong and powerful, and connected, then that energy flows to the, and elevates the rest of the world. So there is the tribes of Israel, and their spiritual source, and their spiritual energy as is, when God hooked us up with the banners, he lifted the tribes to a much higher level of divine consciousness. And as a result of that, it brought this elevation in consciousness. What it did is causes a greater unity because the higher you go in spiritual consciousness, the more connected you become. And the more connected you become, the more you can facilitate a, a, an energy of the divine downward and impact the world from a much higher place. And the klipa, the unholy, doesn't have any energy, can't siphon energy, quite on the contrary, gets destroyed by the dwelling of a much higher presence of God. So 
in the words of the Rebbe Rashab, of the fifth Chabad Rebbe, though, I mean, I'm not quoting exactly, but this is the idea. He explains there is the level of the fathers. That's the level of Abraham, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. The level of the Avais of the, is a state of total oneness with, with, with God. The Avais are called the Merkava, they're called the chariot. They're actually even higher than the chariot of, than the, chariot of the angels. The angels on a much level are called Markafta Tata. The, the, the angels are called the lower chariot. The Jewish people, the, the Avais, the, our forefathers, are called Markafta Yilah. They're called the higher chariot. Which means they are totally, their souls are completely one with the divine, with God. They have no identity on their own. They're, they're, and the Alter Rebbe, the Shneur Zalman of the Yadi and Tanya, explains that even in their physical bodies, they never had any sensation that was not godly. There was no personal, personal, there was nothing, there was no movement in their body ever that was for any other, that was not tuned in with, 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 a, with a godly, a godly um, movement. Every movement in their body was because God needed something in this world or desired something. They felt it naturally. Their physical consciousness is one of the divine, not themselves because they hollowed out their ego completely. No ego, no obstruction. Totally one with God. And that's because their souls are souls of atzilut. The world of atzilut is the world of emanation. It's still pre-creation. So their consciousness is pre-created consciousness. So who are they? They're Hashem manifest, manifesting himself in different attributes. And Avram represents God's kindness. He was just a conduit for God's love, that's all. He's loving. It wasn't his love. It was God's love, loving through him. And Isaac is God's awe and God's discipline being exercised through him. And it's Yitzchak. And Yaakov is God's compassion and truth actualized through him. That's the level of the fathers. The Shvatim, and they're called the tree. It's like the tree of life. But from a tree, that's like the tree trunk. From the tree comes branches. Shavit means branches. From these souls, which are the forefathers, come a lower level of soul. The tribes were a lower level of soul. They're already souls that are also from the realm of atzilut, from the realm of emanation, but they're already extending, which means their consciousness evolves into creation. And the reason they descend into creation, because our forefathers, because of their loftiness, because of their so, so sublime, so what they're doing is so godly, but less worldly, and therefore less impacting the lower world. Because in order to communicate to somebody and to something, you need to speak their language. You know, if you're very refined and very, very, very lofty and very spiritual, you can't always communicate with people that, that you need. In other words, only someone who is of a less spiritual stature but yet cares about the spirit, the, 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 that idea can communicate to a coarse individual because of their... Sometimes you need someone who speaks your language. That's the idea. So sometimes you can have the greatest master and the greatest teacher, but his words are too abstract, too lofty, too refined that it needs to be interpreted by people that can speak more of that language and can relate it in words that are more... Um, influential or more understandable in the coarser place and so on and so forth. So the tribes are a much lower level because they're descending into creation to draw down divine unity into creation. But by their souls coming into creation, 
it's a very, very big diminishment in the consciousness of oneness. And our forefathers by Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the Aleph Echad, the Aleph, the Alufay Shaloylam, the singular oneness, was felt in the most intense, highest level of consciousness, to the point, to, to its extreme. And as we said before, to them there was no other existence other than God at all. There was no nothing. The tribes already have far more of a worldly consciousness. They too are ex experiencing the oneness. In the words of the, the, the Rebbe Rashab, they experience what's called das. They have das, but they have das tachtoin, the lower das, not the higher das. Not the higher level of of, of Das means knowing. To know the one, they don't know the oneness with the same sharpness. They might know it intellectually, but they don't know it emotionally. So there is more of a... Now, they do recognize, they did, the tribes, talking about the 12 sons of Jacob, where all details of the tribes. They do recognize and experience the divine flow in the universe but only the godliness of creation. This is the way he differentiates. He says there is the godliness in creation and there is the godliness that transcends creation. Even though they had a very sharp conscious awareness of the godliness of creation, they were lacking in the experience of the godliness that transcends creation. What's the difference? The godliness that's within creation supports creation and because it supports creation gives a certain legitimacy to the creation and therefore the creation, the, the world has some, some substance. Even to the godly, it has some substance. And if it has some substance, you're already leaving room for, ultimately, for eventually, for idolatry. Because against, once you leave room for ego to exist, for self, for, for a state of beingness, Eventually, it can get darker and darker and darker and thicker and thicker and thicker until you go off and you deny God completely. So from, this, from, the, from the level of consciousness of the tribes, even though they themselves were holy and devoted to God all the time, they leave room, so to speak. It could evolve from them a certain disconnect. In the forefathers, they're so unified with God because they're experiencing not the godliness that's, in, that's the energy of creation, they're experiencing the infinity of God, the pure light of Hashem that's infinite, where on that level, creation is nothing. It doesn't even exist. It's not even, it's not even it doesn't have any, any reality at all. It's nothing of nothing. When you sense the truth of the infinite, then the, then the world has no beingness. And if it has no beingness, there is complete cancellation to the source. That's why they were completely canceled to the source. There's nothing in the world that could distract them. Nothing. It gives an example from Joseph. Joseph, Yosef, was one of the tribes, but he was the one tribe that was above all the other 12. He was also living like his fathers, like his grandfathers, in the consciousness of the world of emanation. He too experiences the infinite light of God. And that's how he explains an amazing thing, how Joseph, Yosef was the only one of the tribes who was able to be simultaneously the viceroy of Egypt, the Mishnah Lamelech, meaning in charge and literally involved in all aspects of Egypt, and at the same time, he did not distract for one second from his connection to the God. He was just totally saw God the entire time and couldn't and, and, and nothing could distract him. So how can he be doing the same at two times? How can he be running 
a country. And to run a country means to be involved in it. It's not like he's closing. He says an amazing, interesting thing. He says, I mean, this concept of born in Hasidus and other places. The other tribes of Israel, their work, the way they dealt with the world was by being shepherds. The reason they were shepherds was because they didn't want to, a shepherd goes out and it's, all he sees, I mean, he sees the world, but he sees a world in its purity. He sees fields and he can sit down by a tree and do meditation and be in a higher realm. You know, like the sheep are doing their thing. He has to look at the sheep a little bit here and there, but what he's seeing is he can be in a meditative state. Basically, you're not in the throng of, of life. You're not, you know, thrown into the, the hustle and bustle of city life. Joseph, Yosef Atzadik was involved with city life, running a country, and it was the, the superpower, the super economy. He was running it all. And how did he do that and remain in one of the big tribes connected to God? That's the superiority of Joseph. Their souls were connected on a much lower level, a much lower consciousness than him. They perceived the divine where God is already a source to creation. Because God is already a source to creation, so their only way they can maintain their connection is by closing their eyes to the creation and looking at the divine. Because if they open their eyes and they look at the creation, the creation is distracting them. Because the level of godliness that they're perceiving is not completely, doesn't, doesn't negate a creation. So if they're looking at the creation, if they would be sitting in an office involved with things, they can, God forbid, reach a moment where they're not, they're not seeing, their, they're not feeling their attachment to Hashem. To Yosef, it doesn't make a difference. Why? Because Yosef can be up there and down here at the same time. Why? Because when you experience the infinite of God, you don't even see a creation. So he can be dealing with the, cre the creation doesn't in any way threaten his experience that there's none but him. He is and there's none but him. So he's on a mark, because he's similar to the fathers, Abraham, to Avram, he's a Merkava to the level of, right? he has the higher Das, not the lower Das. The tribes have the lower level of Das. Now, when you're living in the lower level of Das, since you're feeling God as a source for creation, so then you're a little bit stuck in who you are. If you're created, if your energy is the energy of love, then you're about love. And if there's someone whose energy is more disciplined, you don't get along with that individual. Maybe you get along, you can tolerate the other, but you can't really become unified with the other because I am me and you are you. Because even on the level of spirituality, when I'm connecting to, the, to godliness, it's only the godliness of the world, not a godliness that transcends the world. In order to create a complete fusion of opposite energies, as we said earlier, it can only be when they're nullified to something much bigger than that. The tribes, therefore, on their own can coexist, but they can't really become one. The oneness in the tribes to make them totally one, where they can bridge the opposites, work together, and at the same moment you're feeling love, the love itself should incorporate fear, and the fear should incorporate love, and there should be a complete synchronization and harmony between all the attributes and all aspects of existence can only be if you're introduced to the godliness that's higher than creation, you have the higher das. That's what the digolim, the degel, accomplished. The banners 
What it did was it picked them up that by having the, it wasn't just, it was a powerful spirit. When God gave them the banners, what God really did was he opened up to them a higher flow of energy from a much higher place, raising the consciousness of the 600,000 Jews to a much higher level in which their capacity now is to feel the higher, the transcendental elements of the divine. And as a result of that, the power of three, that's the power, he calls it the power of Teferis. The power of Teferis is the power that goes up all the way into the infinite. Teferis is right under Das. So the Teferis goes up to Das, Das goes up into Keser, into the Or Ein Sof. You have the higher consciousness as a result of that. It can bring together Chesed and Gevura, the opposite fusion of opposite energies, which is the power of number three, which is the power of number four, uh, which brings you the power of Ma, the power of 45, the three Alephs. And that's why he says the Pasuk emphasizes to their, when they made the Degolim, they made these banners, to their families, to their father's house. That means they, they can only be in, included in these banners based on their father's tribe. It was through the paternal, what is it, the, a lineage, not the maternal. It was the father's, not the mother's. Why? Father and mother in Kabbalah, father is Chachma, and mother is Bina. The right side of the mind and the left side of the mind. Chachma is innovation, creativity, which really means wisdom, it's openness. Bina is understanding. In Bina, there's much more ego, there's much more self. It's already understanding, it's I understand, I'm taking it in. Chachma is you're melting in. It's a higher truth is revealed to you and you dissolve in it. That's the power, the difference of Chachma, Koachma. Bina is already the beginning of somethingness. Chachma is the, the, the ability to self-effacement, suspension of self. In order for the tribes to come to a state of experience, to experience the infinite, Come on in. To experience the, the, I'm doing a share. To experience the infinite, to experience the orange self, to experience um, the Abishter himself, um, you can't have that through Bina, through understanding. You can only have that through faith, through acceptance, through something beyond your head. And that's the power of Chachma. That's why in order to establish the tribes, to establish the Degolim, it can only be to their father. In other words, it was an exercise of Chachma, not of Bina. It was the power of Chachma, which is the power of Koyachma. And that was infused into the, into the Shvatim, into the legions, and that's what created the whole power of the Degolim. And that's why the Jewish people wanted it so much. They wanted to raise their consciousness to this higher level. And as a result of that, we can create much greater harmony in the world. Because when we channel in this higher state of, the, of an, a consciousness of the infinite, it brings humility. And when there is humility, there is coexistence. More than coexistence, complete fusion and togetherness. That is why these Degolem were so, so powerful and so special. This brings us again back to what I was saying, connected to today, which is the first day of the third month in the year 3333, three, 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 which to the Golem are 3333. Three, three, three. 
the fusion of the power of the shame memhe, the shame of ma, koyach ma, the power of 45, the power of teferis, the power of, which is ultimately the milui alfin, the power of alephs, which is this year, the power of the aleph, pele, 81, as we discussed. It's amazing. The, remember we said the, the year is also 5781, which is 3 times 3 times 3 times 3, 4 times 3. So it's all here, and today is the day. So let us hope that all this brings about the Shekhinah's dwelling in this world to its fullest degree. And I will conclude with adding to all of this a very interesting teaching that I saw outside of the Chabad teaching in a Sefer Tzemach Tzadik, not Tzemach Tzedek. Tzemach Tzedek is the Svarim of the third Chabad Rebbe. Tzemach Tzadik is the lineage of Vizhnitz. And uh, in this book, Yalkut Mashiach Geula from Rabbi Dubov, he brings on each parish a different segments from different great rabbis. And he's talking about the Degolim, the Degels, these, 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 the, the banners, and their spiritual significance. And he, he says this mystical teaching, which till now, when you heard it till now, might have been very just mystical. But now, based on everything that I said, I think it'll be understood, and it's re relevant to Mashiach. So we'll understand. So what we learned up till now, this idea that we've explained was that there is the level of the tribes on their own, and then there is the level of the tribes when they're experiencing an upgrade, they're elevated into a much higher level of consciousness, experiencing the higher das, which enables the greater unity, which creates a greater presence of God, which creates the klipa to run away, which is, again, full falls into place with everything we've been talking about. So he says that these degolim are associated with the coming of Mashiach. Why? The secret is like this. Um, one of the things that's going to happen, he doesn't say it explicitly like this, but I'm going to explain it like this. One of the amazing things that are going to happen when Mashiach comes is that the entire world is going to become a mikvah. We know when Mashiach comes, there won't be any more impurity in the world. Why won't there be impurity in the world? The world is going to become a mikvah. Why is the world going to become a mikvah? Because it says, The world is going to become filled with knowledge of God. Like the sea covers the seabed, like the water covers the seabed. So the entire world is going to be flooded with godly knowledge. And what's a mikvah? A mikveh is a pool of water where one goes to, to submerge in order to remove all impurity. In other words, it's a form of reset. When you go to the mikveh, you reset yourself to the purity you were the day you were born. It's like a rebirth. You go in, it's almost like going back into the, into the embryonic fluid, going back into the mother's womb as you're going into the mikveh dipping, coming out totally fresh, total renewal. Um, Mashiach comes, the world will be filled with godly knowledge and we'll all be dipped in this mikvah of purity. Now he says the word mikvah is made up of, if you rearrange the letters, you get the word kam vavke. Kam vavke. Because mikvah mem kuf, you put the kuf before the mem, you get kam. Kam means to stand up. Vavke of the two letters of God's name. Because we know God's name is yud ke vav ke. Now the galut, the exile, is associated with the lower hay. 
when the lower hay of God, which is the, the name of the Shekhinah, when the Jewish people fall into exile, it's because the Shekhinah also falls. The lower hay is in a state of falling. When the hay is fallen, it impacts the Vav as well, because the Vav and the hay are one pair. That's why sometimes it's explained that in the time of exile, there is damage, so to speak. There's some kind of a, some kind of a blemish in both letters of God's name, Vav K. The Yud K, the first two letters of God's name, is a very, very detached level of divinity. It's very, very high. It's very removed, very, very sublime. And therefore, that's not impacted. Over there, there is no blemish. In Chachma and in Bina, there is no, there is no, that's not, that can't be scarred. The Vav K is where there is the, the, the damage, so to speak, the, the influence of it. The Mikvah and the coming of, the Mikvah is, Come Vav K. It helps the Vav and the K get up, stand up from its fallen state. How does the Vav K get up, the Vav and the He, the two letters of God's name, get lifted up? What's their kima? What's their getting up? Is that they rise to the Yud K. When the Yud K pick up the Vav K to go up to the Yud K, that's when it's all fixed. That's why we know when Mashiach will come, we say, Bayoimahu on that day, Yiyeh, Hashem's name will be Yiyeh Hashem Echad. God's name will be one, Ushmoy Echad. So the Kabbalists say that the word Yiyeh is Yudke Yudke. That means instead of the Vav, the latter part becomes another Yud and a He. So it's Yud. Why? Because the Kam Yudke, because the, the Vavke got up, it was lifted up to the Yudke, to the Yudene, the same level, that means that the infinite is felt. What is the deeper meaning of that? The way things are now, the Yudke Vavke represent the entire descent of the divine to the, to the creation. So the Yud, we said, is a point of complete attachment to the Ein Sof. The Yud is the first Chachma, total self-effacement, total oneness with God. The Yud is the epitome of holiness. The He is already, already the beginning of somethingness. But the Yud and the He are today, today in the Loimus Parshan, are two friends that never separate. So the Yud is always influencing the He. So the He, the Yud keeps the upper He clean, pure, attached to the infinite. There is no, there is no God forbid, any possibility of, of yet, of detachment. But then, Vav are the six emotions. The emotions are already are susceptible to corruption. The emotions already can get dragged into all kinds of things. Especially the hay, which is already speech. That's what. When you lift the vav and the hay, come, they get up to the level of the yudke. That means the same godly consciousness and bittel, the same koachma, the same power of bittel that there is in chachma, is felt in the emotions. And even not only in the emotions, but even in the expression and the behavior. When you draw the yudke into the vavke, then... There is no more gullus, there's no more exile. All of creation is fixed. Come Yudke, and what happens then? That the Vavke is, also becomes Yudke. Yudke, yeah, Yudke, Yudke. Okay, that's the fix. Now watch this. It's hinted to the word come, come Yudke, kuf mem, is 140. Come is 140. 140 is the exact gematria of Chachma and Bina. You take the word Chachma 
and the word Bina. I, I, I did it, I'm not going to do it right now, but I did it actually yesterday when I was learning this. You take Chachma and Bina, and you add the two numbers together, you get 140. So when you're saying Mikvah is Vav K, lifting the Vav K, connecting it to the Yud K, or even lifting them up to the same level of the Yud K, well, it, makes, it fits with the word Kam. Kam is Chachma Bina. You're lifting the vav and the hey, the emotions and the actions up the lower world to the higher world, connecting all of existence into the nullification to the divine, into the ma, into the 45. Okay, that's a mikvah. Now a mikvah is made up, here's where the Tzemach Tzedek says something really awesome. He says a mikvah is made up a 40 sa'ah of water. In other words, in order for a mikvah to be kosher, there has to be rain, rain water. And how much is the minimum? You need to have 40 sa'ah. Sa'ah is a certain measure. 40 measurements a sa'ah of rainwater make a mikvah. That's why when the flood came and also came to purify the world with a mikvah, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, corresponding to the 40 sa'ah. A sa'ah is six kav. Those, this, again, the measurement of a sa'ah equals six kav. Kav is another measurement it used to be. A kav is four lug. Okay? These are different measurements. So like a liter, right? So you have different measurements. So we, we're dealing with lugin. There are four lug in a kav. There are six kav in a sa'ah. So now we we're trying to figure out how many lug is there in a mikvah. If you were to use a cup, let's say this would be a lug, or this bottle would be a lug, how many of these to fill up the mikvah with rainwater? So you have to do four times six times 40. So four times six times 40, which is 24. Four times six is 24. 24 times 40 equals 960. That's the amount, 960. So a mikvah is 960. He says that's the secret of the redemption, number 960. Mikvah. Kam vavke. It's this number. Kam vavke. The vavke lifted up. So now he says the tribes, the degolim, the, the is the same secret. Because he says, if you take three, what were the Degala made up? They were made up of three tribes. Shevet, Shevet, Shevet. So if you take three times the word Shevet. Shevet is 311. Shin, Bez, Tes. Shevet is a tribe. Shin is 300. Bez and Tes is, Bez is two and Tes is nine. So it's 311. Three shvatim, three shavits. So shavit, 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 311. So three times three times three is 900. 933. That's what you got. You have 933 from three, 311, 311, 311. Then you add the word, you add, you give them a banner. You give them a degel. Each one of these got a degel. Degel is 37. 933 plus 37 is 963 plus 7, 970. 
So a mikvah was 960. This is 970. Just like the mikvah is to raise the vavke into the yutke, he says that this is what you're doing with the degolim. You're taking the shvatim, which are associated with the vav and the k, the descending energies that go down into creation. They need an uplift by giving them a degel. You're lifting, like we spoke earlier, that was the whole class that I was giving, lifting them up to a higher level of consciousness. By giving them the, the degel, you're creating the mikvah dynamic. But it should be 960. Why is it 970? A mikvah is 960. So he says there were four degels because this needed to be accomplished in all four worlds. There are four worlds. Asiya, Yetzira, Bri, and Atzilas. In other words, this fusion of the Vavke and the Yutke, of lifting up the lower levels to connect to the higher levels and bringing about this cosmic unity has to happen in all four worlds. So there were, it wasn't just one shot. There were four Degolim on the four sides corresponding to the four worlds. And then add another 10 because this needs to be introduced into each one of the 10 sefirot of the four worlds. In other words, even though in general we say the Yudke Vavke represents all 10 sefirot, but in each, in each sphera itself, you have to bridge the Yudke and the Vavke. You have to cause this Tikkun. So therefore, through the four Degolim, you have the mikvah accomplishment amongst the Jewish people in all four worlds and all 10 sefirot, and this is what brings about Geula, the Kam Devavke. In other words, it's all related to what we are talking about before. The connection and the upgrade of our consciousness to a much deeper sense of unity, a much deeper oneness, which later manifests itself, in, as we said before, in a greater unity. And where there's a greater unity, there is the name of Ma, the name of 45, which is the power of Chachma, which on that energy of the Koch of Ma, it says, the, the nations will see, the name of God is upon you, they will fear you. Based on this, going back, today is Teferes Sheba Malchus, the power of Teferes, bringing that into Malchus, as we discussed earlier, bringing it into the world of fragmentation, the place that has the most period, the most separation, bringing in number three, bringing in the unity, bringing in the Teferes. What is the which, and therefore today is the 45th day of Sfirah Omer because this Tikkun is the Tikkun of 45, to their father's house, which is the power of 45, which all of this together, what does it create? It creates the Sfirah, the, 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 the word in Lam Natseach that we say today associated with this Sfirah is V'yiru Oisai, they should fear, which is what we need today in Israel. The nations will fear and dread the divine presence that is amongst the Jewish people, which is momentarily going to manifest itself fully to the eyes of the entire world on the Temple Mount. Any second, they will all vacate the Temple. And we saw already this week a fire burning as they they lit their own fire, and it's gonna it's gonna clear up without a question. And the and on that mountaintop, we're gonna have the third Temple again, number three bringing us the third Geula in the year 3333. May we merit to see all of this now, now, and now. Thank you and a good Chodesh to all.